Radio. I'm Ray Burton and welcome to another Let's Talk Gardening podcast. Our mission is to provide listeners with interesting, informative topics and up-to-date information. My co-host is Faya Caro, an award-winning gardener, horticulturalist and media presenter. Faye's passion is educating people. Oh, and she loves bugs a lot too. My passion is simply beautiful, healthy gardens. And together each week, we cover many great gardening subjects. Saturday morning and here come the girls, Ray and Faye, with Let's Talk Gardening. And good morning, gardening friends. We hope you're coping very well with these last few hot days. And as I just said, uh, today's the last day and uh, not that we're counting and uh, we've got a nice week ahead of us of much uh, more uh, gardening friendly temperatures. Now we are ready to roll. Bev Daring will be your first point of contact when you ring through on 94841927 and the hard taskmaster. Our John Glidden is standing by as always. Big shout out to Chris Bartlett for his effervescent breakfast program and also to Yvonne Hill for supporting Chris this morning. And our Jim Crinham will be back at He'll be back. He'll be here at 10 a.m. with the classic 70s for you. Okay, Fayakara, how's it all going? It's going very well, Ray. Okay, how's your a... week been? Good yeah. in the garden? Yeah, bits and pieces, doing a few things here and there, being a bit, being vegging a bit. Yeah, I think it's the new, <laughs> the new me. Ooh. Yeah, oh, I've been reading. Really I do a lot of reading and what have you. And I've just been uh, in when I can having myself. A, a fine and dandy time with this whole new retired thing. You'll be able to um, exchange ideas with Dr. Darrell this morning because he's retired too. I, I think so too. I think it takes getting used to. It takes getting used to. Now we've got Dr. Darrell, obviously, Miss Dr. Bugalugs <coughs> coming in at uh, 20 to 9. He'll stay with us till 10 a.m. Loads to talk to him about. Looking forward to catching up with him. And of course, even though he is now retired, he's an absolute full bottle. Uh, on entomology. He knows everything that's going on with Deep Herd and obviously all around our fabulous state. And he's a gardener himself as well and a damn good one. So, yeah, there's not much he doesn't know, actually. He could do this program hands down, couldn't he? (laughs) He certainly could. I I think what we'll do straight up is go straight out to the lines because we've had Sharon waiting since before we started. Okay. How are you, Sharon? Good morning. Hi, good morning. How are you? We're good. Good, Thanks, Sharon. How can we help you? Um, so I've got a bit of an issue with um, a border that I've got in two areas in the front garden. Um, the plant name, I can't say it, so I'll spell it. It's R-H-A-P-E-L-O-P-I-S. Raphaelopis, yes. Okay, yeah. So I have been using malathion on it. Malathion? Malathion, yeah, um, because I was told when I took the um, part of the plant, the petals, and not the petals, the leaves into it, and they said it's probably um, grasshoppers. And I lost one of the sections of the border like last year because I didn't go onto it straight away. And now they've started up again in another section of the garden. And I found two grasshoppers on the driveway yesterday, but oh, they're obviously back again. And like previous to that, I had never seen them. And I was told, like, so I've been using that product in a watering can. Um, like the nursery told me they'd like to put it on at four o'clock in the evening, right? Um, 
um, yeah, so I was just wondering if there's anything else because do they um, breed in the in the um, soil or anything, the grasshoppers? Uh, I I understand they lay their eggs on leaves is my thought and the nymphs have been hatching out lately. Are they the very large grasshoppers that you're talking about, Sharon? So I have seen like a couple of weeks ago um, a couple of big ones, but yesterday they were small ones and they were like really green. Mm. Uh, Sharon, do you want birds in your garden? Yeah. Although the neighbours have, because the neighbours have got loads at the moment. Um, Grasshoppers or birds? Birds. Okay. All I was going to say is if you do want to bring birds into your garden, don't use poison on your plants. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You could get out there and spray the leaves just with a hose. And if if the grasshoppers are adults you'll probably disturb them so you could catch them by hand. But they're, they're food for birds and hedges mm-hmm. attract a lot of little birds. Hedges are a great mm-hmm. habitat for little birds. They need bushy plants to hide in. Um, mm-hmm. So if you're, if you're killing off that part of the ecosystem, you're mm-hmm. potentially poisoning the food that the birds are going to eat and lizards as well mm-hmm. and frogs. Yeah. Yeah. So that is certainly something to keep in mind. Um, yeah. I, I know I've got grasshoppers in my garden. They don't normally do enough damage to kill off anything. Um, mm-hmm. If you can encourage more birds, like I would put out more, more bird baths around the place at different mm-hmm. depths and at different heights and even large sources of water on the ground for reptiles and lizards and maybe a log or clumps of rocks decoratively put in the garden, this will encourage more predators into your garden. Mm-hmm. And if you've got more predators, you will have less of the pests. I know gra- grasshoppers is a hard one, but mm. using yeah. a, a chemical like that is not so what about eco-neem? Is it considered a deterrent? Mm. Well, that's that's an, an option. option. Yeah, if you do feel that you need to do something, and even I understand something like a, a seaweed, it it yeah. also changes the plant and makes it less attractive to the pests. I think molasses mm-hmm. might be something else too that we were told at one point that a lot of insects won't eat a plant that's got molasses in it. Or uh, one I read was Charlie Carp, wasn't it? That That's a bit yeah. of a deterrent to grasshoppers yeah. as well. And that's a, something you can spray onto your garden. It's not going to Which will benefit the plant mm, the as well and as not harm the ecosystem. Mm. So, yeah, okay. Sharon, I'd, yeah. I'd be using safer ways of managing the problem. And and that particular yeah. plant, he's very tough. It is tough. Tough as yeah. old boots. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, okay. So you said Charlie Carp, and what was, did you say, an eco one before? Yeah, eco, eco-neem, N-double-E-M. It's, it's, it's registered as a deterrent. Okay, then, yeah, all right. So Charlie Carp or eco-neem? They're options if, if you want to take them up that are, you know, obviously not harmful. Yeah, okay, yeah, yeah, all right, beautiful. Okay, and are they like, can I get them from um, Bunnings? Yep, yep, you sure can. 
Okay, beautiful. All right, thank you so much for your help. You're welcome, so Sharon. You go. Thanks, Sharon. Have, have a good day. Thank you. Yeah. And now we're heading to Queen's Park. We're saying hello to Karen. Good morning. Hi, hello, Karen. Good How morning. are you? Good morning. Uh, oh, I always have got plenty, plenty problems. Um, my my bamboo, my clumping bamboo does not look very happy. I don't know what to do with it anymore. Um, I put some extra soil on it because the soil is just about disappearing between the clumps, and and some fertilizer. I don't know what to do with it anymore. It looks dry and and horrible. Sad. It needs water. Sad. Sim- simple as that, Karen. There. So lots of water. Lots of water. They are. Water Very, guzzlers. Yes, hmm. they are water guzzlers. Yep. Okay, okay. So, yeah. Okay, they, I thought that, but uh, it dries out so quickly. And I don't know. I mean, I put mouse on top of it. I, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm disgusted with it. It looked so beautiful, but years ago I cut it really down hard and it never seemed to recover from that. I don't know. Well, and anyway. the, as yeah. they get uh, clumpier, if they're restricted in the, in the area, they can get very root-bound but with the 36-degree mm-hmm. day, you'll probably find that if it was heat-stressed, it'll be dropping its mm-hmm. leaves. Okay, okay. And uh, just quick, another question. I have to go then. Uh, I'm helping out at the, at the Kennington show. Um, I, um, I, I, I have got the Dutchman's pipe which climbs up uh, a, a palm tree and it's all, it's all at the top. Can I just cut it really hard down? Dutchman's pipe. pipe. Can I just just chop it down? <laughs> is it leafy and green at the bottom? It's green, yes. Yeah. Well, you can. I would just be very careful because I know the number of times I've cut a vine and cut the wrong bit. And mm-hmm. you know, if you if you do cut the wrong bit, you can lose part of your hedge uh, or part of your vine before you know it, uh-huh, and uh-huh. then it gets very messy to. Um, Get all the so dead I, bits I don't, out. And, because all the seed uh, um, pockets, they're all hanging up there and, and, and I don't want the seeds to go absolutely everywhere. So it's uh, it's getting too hard for me to climb up. I don't really want to do that. But I'll, I And Karen, I to, to please point. don't go mm-hmm. up a ladder. No. No, I don't. That's what I don't want to do. Mm. <laughs> That's what I thought. I'll, I cut it where I can reach it. Well, and sometimes then, uh, you have to make the hard decisions and maybe your bamboo... And maybe your Dutchman's pipe might be a couple of those hard decisions. Yeah, 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 you're right. You're right. I have already made a few decisions. So, yes, the older I get, the worse it gets uh, with, with all this work. Okay, great. I have to go, ladies. Uh, have a lovely day, okay? Unfortunately, I can't listen to it. I have to work. At the okay. All right. Show. Take care. <laughs> okay, thank you. See you later. Bye-bye, ladies. Bye-bye. Thank you. Bye. And from Queen's Park, we're going to Safety Bay. We're talking about zucchini plants. Carlo, good morning. Good morning. How are you? Very good, thanks, Carlo. How can we help you? Uh, What happens? Every year I grow zucchinis. The soil here is not very good, so what I do, I put uh, chicken manure, uh, sheep manure, get it all going, and next minute the plants come up. They're beautiful. They're looking very nice. The zucchinis grow to about three, four inches, then they die. Then the next one grows and that dies. I can't get any zucchinis. They all keep on dying. I wonder if they're not pollinated. Well, that's what someone said, but I've been looking and there's bees around because there's plenty of yellow flowers and that, and the plants are looking really nice, 
But, um, you know, they grow to about three, four inches and then they die. Okay. So I don't know. When are yeah. you watering? Uh, in the morning. After the flowers have opened? Oh, some have opened, yes. yes. And First thing in the morning, probably seven, six to seven in the morning. And are the is your watering overhead? Yes. I just wonder if sometimes, like the flowers filling up with water, can disrupt the pollen. Um, if if you could be mindful of that and keep them dry until they've been yeah. pollinated, uh, and okay. maybe get out there with your paintbrush and dust them around. I don't think they're like pumpkins in that you need to get the male and the feel, female. I think they're self-pollinating. Right. But See, yeah. Every other year I get beautiful zucchinis, but this year they just keep on dying, dying, dying. But more zucchinis come up, you know, but they're dying again. Okay, so pollination could be one thing and hanging yep. on to the fruit could be another one. So are you using any form of controlled release fertiliser no. for flowering plants? No. It could also be a deficiency, uh, potassium and maybe phosphorus. Yep. So maybe um, the quickest and easiest would be to give it a, a drink of something like Thrive, Miracle Grow, Power Feed, something along those lines, and uh-huh. that might help you. Oh, okay. Oh, I'll try something. Because mm. <laughs> manures alone are, are not always enough, and the fact that you're oh, okay. having issues may mean that it's missing something that it needs. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's missing something, but anyway. All right, go for oh, the liquid. You'll get trying. quick results. All right. Thank you very much for that. Thanks, Carlo. Good luck. Okay. <laughs> bye bye. Bye. Now, I know we've got lots of emails this morning <laughs> as well. We uh, have. Certainly keep the lines open, guys. 94841927. And lots of events coming up too, I know. Ray. So it's a very busy morning we've got ahead. Have, get your pen and paper ready if you happen to be near your radio because we're going to be giving you lots of uh, ideas for what you could be doing this weekend and next weekend. When you've done your watering. Yes, exactly. So what did it get to yesterday? Uh, Well, it was forecast at 36. Mm. I would say it got there. Didn't feel like that to me. I think I was out in most of it. Really? Okay. Mm. I can feel it already today. Very warm out Mm. there. Very warm overnight. And the winds don't help. No, they're they're awful. So people need to to think about this if they've got special plants in their garden and Mm. wondering why they're not looking too good. The, the hot temperatures, yeah. and it was warm overnight as well, Very combined warm. with the wind will have a, a devastating harsh effect. drying effect. Yeah, these three so. days of heat that we've had mm. will certainly knock out all my little winter annuals. This is, oh, their, yeah. last, this oh, is yeah. their last hurrah. Goodbye, spring, <laughs> Today, hello, summer. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, yes, it still is spring, yes. But, you're, you know, we're certainly going. I, it, I hope it's not a sign of things to come. Well, you know, it it started early, actually, because I I was looking back at some of the past Facebook memories. Mm, Everything's earlier. I've been eating apricots for a couple of weeks. Everything's earlier this year. But, Mm. yes, it was... um, Definitely. Yeah, the Mm. first apricot was yesterday, Mm. so many Mm. years ago. And the bottle brush were in peak flower in 2016, and now they're good as finished. Yeah, yeah. So. So it's... 
Evolving, changing. Yep. We have As to it roll. Does. Let's roll with it. Yeah, for sure. Now we've got more calls coming through. What would you like to do? And then I'm going to go to a break. Uh, quickly, uh, Helen sent in photos of spots on a on a leaf, and it's a petrosperum plant. So my go-to for that is usually the petrosperum beetle or bug, oh, and know. it is particular for these plants. And interestingly, it can also affect the native plant. Um, Solia, or it was called Solia, native bluebells, or Belladiera mm. is the new name, I think. Heterophylla. So, yep, the Petrosporum beetle on that and one. And so, what can she do? I'm not sure what the answer was. I, I did recommend, because she couldn't see any bugs, I recommended that she send it through to the My Pest Guide Reporter app and they did confirm that it was that. Oh, I see. Um, the, the beetles, there's no sign of them. So if they're not there now, the damage is Been done. Been and gone. Mm. Possibly so. Mm. Okay, interesting. All right, we'll return. We're chatting with Maria and Natalie on the other side of this. Curtain Radio. And you're with Ray and Faye. This is Lex Talk Gardening, 23 minutes after 8. John was just correcting me. The maximum yesterday was around 33.4 degrees, not 36. Thank you, John. <laughs> it felt like 43. <laughs> All right, now we've got lots of calls to crack through. Let's start at the top and work our way down. Maria, good morning. Hello. Hi. You're with Ray and Faye, Maria. Oh, good morning, yes. Yeah, I was listening to the gentleman about these zucchinis. I've got the same problem. I think it's because uh, I'm not a garden expert, but um, mine hasn't got any male flowers, so the, they can't pollinate because I've only got one plant. And I've been picking the little zucchinis. Later on, they will come. The male flowers will come and then because they need to be cross pollinated. Oh, isn't that funny? That's how I, I, I had forgotten about the flowers of zucchinis. Mm, yeah. Right. Okay. And yeah, and sorry, uh, can I ask about my banana plant? It Certainly. Makes, um, I've got a banana plant and it made big bunches, not big bunches, but bunches of bananas. This was in winter and they didn't reach maturity or anything. They just broke off and, you know, they just didn't mature. Um, do they do that normally or is it uh, seasonal or Bananas are, are gross feeders. They're very hungry and they need a lot of water, Maria. So I have been giving them a lot of water. Yeah. But, um, and food? Yeah, and, you know, giving them lots of all sorts of fertiliser. Uh, I even tried that Tice Forte one and obviously not enough probably. But like I said, they made... The, uh, the clump would have made uh, some bunches, but they didn't reach maturity. Mm. Uh, yeah, I'm not sure. How old are the plants? And Oh, are... they're about five, six years old now. Okay. There's, there's about 10, 10 sprouts out there, you know, and they're quite good size, um, good size plants, so they're not little. We did have a very cold winter, and bananas mm. are, are a more tropical style fruit they need the warmth i mean, i know they will grow in jandicott but you've really got to give them good good grounding food in the ground like compost and um maybe even manure middle swan is your soil it's rich very sandy very sandy mm, soil yeah so 
keep Do building it. up your soil. Maybe add okay. some manures and mulch and compost and clay. Every, okay. You you want to hold those nutrients in the ground. Yeah, well, um, maybe that's what it is. It, the nutrients just leaching away, and they're just not. They d- taking they it do up. in our sandy soils. Mm. Yeah, because I'm very disappointed. That I had three bunches on mm. you know three different plants, and they reached you know good like they were size of you know three or four centimeters long, and then they all just sort of disintegrated. They just didn't mature. Okay, so yeah, it may mm. it may be the temperature. It may just be that they didn't have what they needed in the ground. Um, yeah. Keep going. Do you make your own compost? <laughs> uh, not really. I do put leaf mold, mold like, like leaf litter like from my trees and stuff around okay. it. Okay. Well, the other thing yeah. is you could dig holes around it and bury your food scraps. Oh, so, that's a good idea instead of giving it to the chooks. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Or And even okay. put in a, like a compost um, container that goes... It is open to the ground and just keep throwing oh. food scraps in there. Bury it slightly so okay. that the rats can't get in. Put your food scraps in there and, and layer it, the browns and the greens. So put your leaf mould in there. Collect your chicken manure from the chooks. Put that oh, in there as okay. well. Build that up and that will all help build up that soil around your banana plants. Mm. Yeah, I'll try that. I'll get a bucket and cut the bottom off and... Mm. And the the microclimate is very important too. So if it's got a sunny aspect, uh, protected from wind, that can also help. Yeah, it's against a fence line, so okay. it's protected from the easterlies, but not from the west. So okay, but, yeah, I don't know. Anyway, going. Thank you very much. Okay, <laughs> keep, keep persevering. Thanks, Maria. Okay, let's head to Spearwood. We're saying good morning to Natalie. You've got a plum tree, Natalie. Hi, and um, thank you for your show. First time I've been on because I'm at my wit's end with my plum tree. Um, It's around about six years old. Last year I got about 25 to 30 kilos of big, humongous plums off my tree. Wow. Mm. Yeah, I know. And so last year, I've actually managed to notice that on the leaves, they were getting these holes. And I thought, oh, I don't know what it is. I was coming out there in the middle of the night thinking it was caterpillars. I've researched and researched. I can't find what it is. So now that this, this has all come out again this year, it's actually worse on the tree and I'm still getting the fruit, but I'm not sure whether I'm going to get the same amount. So the on the leaf, it starts off as a little circle. And I'm thinking it might be a fungus, but mm-hmm. nobody seems to see what it is. So it starts off with a little circle and it goes, so you've got a very green leaf. And then there's all these little circles all over the leaf. And as the day progresses over the next two or three days, that little circle actually becomes a ring and the little yellow falls out, leaving a lot of holes across the leaf. Necrotic leaf spots. What is it? Necrotic leaf spots. But that's only just describing what you've said. Natalie, I'd like you to send us through a photo, please. We've also got Dr. Daryl Hardy joining us this morning and we really need a photo to be sure of what we're looking at. Yeah, okay. So I'll just email that through. Probably not today. Okay. Um, yeah, is that okay? Yep, that's fine. Just, 
can't seem to find someone who's able to tell me because now it's nearly all over the tree. Yep. Yep. No, it's uh, from what you're saying, we'll be able to identify what the problem is. You can either send it through to us as an email or the other thing to do is My Pest Guide Reporter app. Okay. Is that with you or That's Deep Herd. Okay. Okay, no problem. Okay. Whatever's easiest for you. Okay. Thanks, Natalie. No problem. Thank you so much. Bye. Bye. Bye for now. And now we're going to Scarborough. We're saying good morning to Claudia. How's it going, Claudia? I'm very well, thank you very much. Um, I, um, I've got a Tahitian lime tree. I've had it for quite a few years now and I just don't seem to be able to get any fruit from it. It gets plenty of flowers and they all turn into little fruits uh, and then they all drop off. Okay, so it's not holding its fruit. Uh, mm. Six years, you say? Well, that's that's certainly old enough to be producing fruit. You're in Scarborough, so your soil is very sandy. Have you built it up, improved it, or is it in a pot? Uh, no, I have improved the soil when I first put the trees in. I've got a mandarin tree next to it. That seems to be quite happy and bearing fruit, no problems at all. But, uh, yeah, the lime tree just doesn't want to play games. Mm, okay. Uh, Fertilising, what have you been doing? Well, I've tried different fertilizers. Um, this uh, black magic or black something, um, and I've tried not fertilizing it at all as well. Um, and it does the same thing every time. Just okay. gets loads and loads of uh, flowers on it, um, and then drops the fruit. And now I just don't know. I've tried watering. Obviously, they do need a lot of water. Um, gets heaps of water. And still does the same. Okay. So improved the soil at planting six years ago. Is it a healthy-looking tree? Absolutely. Okay. Um, last um, time I pruned it and it got all the flowers and all the fruit and then it decided to just put all its efforts into uh, growing leaves. Okay. And dropped all the fruit. So we, what we have to do is make sure that you're giving it the right sort of fertilizer so once again fertilizer for flowering and fruiting plants um, mm-hmm. and I would use a controlled release fertilizer but also making sure the soil is holding the moisture and nutrients because if it's not hanging on to particularly the moisture you can water and then it disappears through our sandy soil mm-hmm. it just doesn't have what it needs to grow lush healthy fruit um, we, right. we looked into watering some years ago and it was something like seven litres a day for a very small tree. And as the, the tree got older, it was more than that. So that's mm. like one bucket. For a fruit tree. Yeah. yeah. Citrus tree. Yeah. Mm. Um, uh. Mulch is very important. Once again, clay and compost added to Beautiful. the soil. Mm. Uh, any of the manures on top, chunky bark mulch on top of that, making sure that the the roots, which are surface roots with citrus tree, there's shallow root systems, make sure that that's covered and the the moisture is held in there. But with uh-huh. the mulch, it can also get through. So a chunky mulch or even a, a straw mulch will help. Yeah, I've got pine, uh, pine bark mulch on top. Okay, yep. 
And did you put anything underneath that? Um, no, I, I probably should try and put... Would cow manure be any good? or what Cow manure would be great. Uh, in the yeah. cooler months, I use uh, palletised chicken manure. Um, okay. There are also like um, triple C, which is, I think, corn, canola and chicken manure. Mm-hmm. Right. Right. You know, that Sorry, works that very called? well, but it will bring in the flies and the flies are around at the moment anyway, yeah. pretty bad. Mm. <laughs> yes, they are. <laughs> All right. Okay, so you think it's um, basically um, fertilising, which I need to improve the, the soil and the fertilising. Yes, yes. With okay. fruit trees, you know, the more you can do to the soil, the better results you'll get. All right. Okay, I'll try that. Thank you very much for your help. You're welcome. Good luck, Claudia. Thank you. Thank you. And let's go to Naram Bean. Now we're moving on to an apricot tree. Wendy, hi. Morning, Wendy. Oh, good morning, girls. Um, I have got, I'm out at the farm at the moment, I've got the most marvellous looking apricot tree. Um, I bet we dug it up, we came up in the garden, our little granddaughter put the seeds in, took it out. I think you're cutting out, Wendy. Yeah, we're not having a very good line. Am I coming through now? Yes. That's better. You probably need to stand still and keep the phone still. Um, can you hear me now? Yes. I'll just tell you, we we put the apricot tree in and it's an absolutely beautiful tree now. It's about three metres by three metres. Wow. But... The first year, two years ago, we got buckets of apricots. And now, the last year, we've got about seven. This year, absolutely none. The, the tree is looking beautiful. And we do everything right. We fertiliser. Uh, yeah, just at wit's end. Have you pruned it? Yes, we pruned it here. Um, and my husband opened the, the um, plant up, uh, the tree up, and, oh, absolutely beautiful but mm. Mm. so when was it pruned you've got sorry we we missed that can you repeat that please well maybe if i get off the phone and i'll try and pick you up on my right on my phone um if you could tell some yeah you know, we're not having any joy here wendy we're sorry we're missing words. Okay. It's hard well, to carry on the conversation. Oh, okay. Well, I'll leave it there. Maybe you might talk about Yeah, further. I'll talk about it now. Um, All right. Thanks, yeah, just, Wendy. Uh, for apricot tree, trees, we tend not to prune them in winter because they're susceptible to fungal diseases. Mm. But once they start getting their, their leaves or even their flowers – you can actually see where the fruit is going to develop. So that's not a bad time to to cut back your tree because you can work out where your fruit is going to form and that way you can thin some of the you can thin the um the branches of the tree, bring it down to a size that's manageable so that you can get a net over it because they are susceptible to fruit fly. But in in doing that, you're doing it at a time where 
there's less moisture around, so less risk of fungal disease. And I, th- I think probably the only other thing would be that the tree was pruned at a time like winter when the flowering stalks might have been cut off and then it put on all this new growth because that's what happens when we prune in winter. We encourage a lot of growth. When we summer prune, we can shape the plant, but we're not encouraging that growth. So maybe it was that coupled with maybe it's something seasonal, something happened in the weather, an event that just uh, didn't allow for fruit set. So hopefully it's better next time. I would prune, I would give it a summer prune now to keep it in check because three metres by three metres is a very big tree. It is. So bringing it down to a size that can get under a net would Mm. be a good idea. Okay, now let's just squeeze in Safety Bay. Hi, Tanya, how are you? Good morning, ladies. Morning, Tanya. Hi, I'm ringing up about my tomatoes. I've currently got them planted and they're about three, three and a half foot high. And every year I have a problem with them when I get to a certain stage. Now, I've got alkaline water, ball water, which I give to it. And I'm just going on the internet, I read, oh, it's a lack of this, a lack of that. So what do I do to make sure the plant's got enough nutrition? Like, do I liquid fertilise it or I do... Liquid food's probably the, the best and easiest because it um, it helps the plant straight away. Like if you use something like the Power Feed, Thrive, Miracle Grow, Aquasol, anything along those lines, you can also use it as a foliar spray or yeah, foliar okay. feed. So you can go half strength in a watering can and pour that over the plant and you'll see a response within probably three days, I'd say, because it takes it in through the leaves. Um, And that way you are giving the plant everything it needs for flowering and fruiting. Okay. What about sea salt and fish? fish, Yeah, um... they're great. They'll strengthen the plant, but they're not exactly a fertiliser. If you look at the list on on the bottle, um, for fertilisers, we're looking for the main nutrients. Nitrogen, potassium, and phosphorus. And then there's a, a whole range of trace elements. You will get some of that in sea salt, but you won't get enough or all of the the main nutrients that you need for flowering and fruiting plants. Okay. And now how often do I have to do that? Once a week? Oh, oh you could month? easily do it once a week. You know, the more love you give your plants, the better they'll respond. And liquids don't last as long as your controlled release fertilisers, so you do have to do them more often. Okay, fine. Now, another question, which still relates to tomatoes. I've seen that aspirin is very good for tomatoes as well. Is it? <laughs> um, to, to do what? Oh, right. That's, that's why I wanted to find out first. Oh, oh. Yeah, I'm not a fan of, you know, doing anything, anything like that. Like, you you know, the the fertilisers on the market Mm. are designed to to feed and give our plants everything they need in mind what's going into us. Like they're safe, they're recommended. Um, Anything that is 
like a single application, sometimes people say, oh, give it Epsom salts or give it this. Yeah, but that's not, it doesn't contain everything. It's no. not a balanced diet. I'm a big fan of a balanced diet. Manures and and seaweed products are great, but they're not everything that the plant needs. So go for the, the formulations that give, uh, give it everything talking, it needs. Talking about power feed, what other fertilizers yep. did you say? Thrive, Miracle Grow, Aquasol. There's a whole whole range on the market. Very good. Lovely. Thank you very Thanks, much. Thanks, Tanya. Okay. Bye. Bye. Catching Radio. And welcome back. You're tuned to Let's Talk Gardening and our special guest, Dr. Daryl Hardy has joined us in the studio. It's been a while, Squire. Yeah, a few How months, are you? hasn't it been? Yeah. <laughs> it's good now, to be back. When did you retire? Um, 30th of June. Good on you. How's it, how have you been adjusting? Uh, well, yeah, I did the transition to retirement, sort of oh, yeah. cut back, and I was eventually just going in one day a week, cutting out yeah. leave. Yeah. Um, but I'm busier now than I was at work, unfortunately. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> How long well, did how that take? Happen? Yeah. yeah. Oh, there's been a lot of projects, you know. Yes. Um, uh, been putting off around yes. the house and things like that. And then, of course, we bought the boat, and then there's all the teething problems with a new boat and learning all about it. So, yeah. But we ventured down to Mandra a couple of weeks ago and went around the inlet there and saw some dolphins oh, chasing nice. fish in the shallows. They were really going for it. Big stingrays. Uh, you could see the crabs in the water. Gorgeous. And we went and saw a couple of the giants that were, you know, yeah. they're pretty. So I'd seen them before, but there's you see one. them from a different perspective. Yeah, well, there's one at aspect. Dawesville Cut that um, faces out into the water. It's right on the groin there. And uh, you can't see it properly. Mm-hmm. You only can see it's from behind, yeah. from the land, but in mm. the water you can see what it's, yeah, mm, yeah. it looks like. Yeah, so yeah. it's good. We had a lunch, just that, had a lunch anchored. Um, oh, that's the life. Nice. That's the life. And it wasn't crowded because it was during the week. You didn't have to fight and with I, the weekend people. That's the people. thing, isn't it? You have options and yes. you don't, yeah, the we- during the week is good. <laughs> yes, very much so. Yeah, I agree. Oh, well, welcome uh, back with us. We are certainly going to be working your heart. Yeah, I'm uh, sure you will. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we're heading to Waikiki. Jan, how are you? Good morning, girls. I love your show. I oh, listen to you every Saturday morning driving to Mandra to go to the gym. <laughs> Good and on you, Jan. I, I, yeah, I have just got um, reinvigorated to do with gardening. I've been so busy in the last few, you know, I'm old now and I, I just have to find other things before I get to my garden. But now you girls have instilled a new lease of life into me. Oh, that's so good. What sort of gardener are you, Jan? Well, I hardly spend any time in the garden. But I live on the beach and I can't grow anything hardly. And I learned by experience the first year, everything just got totally destroyed like something and diesel in had been tipped over the whole lot and a mat set to it. So I had to, you know, rethink what plants. So I've got lots of um, bottle brushes and things like that, and I don't even know what the ones are that I've got to hedge in the back garden. It all looks nice, lovely and green, and hardly any upkeep. But I got interested in bulbs when I was listening to talking to you. I used to grow bulbs years and years ago. So I sent away to this company over the east, paid 100 bucks to get these bulbs and they were supposed to be tulips. I never had one tulip. Well, guess what? Ten flowers for a hundred bucks. 
Oh, ouch. <laughs> that, that was all it was. But they're all still beautiful and green and everything, but the flowers have all finished, of course. So what should I do with them? Are they in the garden or in a pot, Jan? No, I made a lovely little risen-up garden and had really good soil and everything. And the flowers that flowered were beautiful, you know. Um, but um, You just didn't get that many. Mm, so what? do you know what they are? Yeah, there was a, a couple of freesias and a couple of, what were the other ones? I'd never ever heard of them. Um, there was two daffodils. Um, what were the other ones? Um, you know I, what? Uh, by, you can what? just leave them where they are. Can I? Yep, just let them die down and they'll come back next year. Freesias and daffodils, yep, hardy as. Okay, all right. And I don't cut all the green tops off or anything? No, just, just let them die down naturally. Okay, thanks, girls. <laughs> That's easy, no maintenance <laughs> gardening, set and forget. <laughs> okay, great, thank you. Okay. Good luck, Jan, thank you. I'm going to give something away, I think. I can see that we have the opportunity for some free lines. Okay, we're going to go with a $75 gift voucher from Green Life Soil Co. They're in Middle Swan. Now, they've currently got in stock a great range of organically grown veggie, herb, medicinal, medicinal, I should say, bush tucker and flower seedlings, including some of those harder to find ones. Worth checking out their monthly newsletter as well heaps of timely information each month and it is free all you have to do is register online to become a member by going to greenlifesoil.com.au they also provide great advice in getting your garden through the remainder of this very hot spring and predictably a hot summer to follow you can get a free ph test done on your soil and they'll provide you with options that will suit your goals and budget in your garden i recommend you browse their facebook page too for updates uh, now, for your chance to win this $75 gift voucher from Green Life Soil Co., we have a true and false question. You must be a Curtin FM member and not won a prize in the last 28 days. And this is a mean one, John Glidden. You have to really uh, think think very hard. Or I think most people, are, if they don't know the answer, they're going to jump on Mr. Google pretty quickly. True or false? 2% of all flowering plants are orchids. True or false? 2% of all flowering plants are orchids. Off you go, 94841927. We shall return. Curtain Radio. You're tuned to Let's Talk Gardening. We will be heading across to the news at 9am. Oh, my goodness. Clever, clever listeners. We already have a winner for our Green Life Soil Comp. Carol of Subiaco, good on you. You must uh, sort obviously either knew the answer or were able to Google very, very quickly because uh, I don't think any of us would have had the, had the answer. The question was, 2% of all flowering plants are orchids. The answer is false. It's 8%. That is a lot, mm. lot of um, plants, yeah, isn't a lot it? Of species too. Mm. Yeah, that's mm. phenomenal, I think. Yeah, yeah. 8% yeah. of flowering plants are orchids. Are orchids, yeah. That's amazing. Mm, it's huge. That's like nearly 10%. Mm. What about all the other plant families? Yeah. Mm. Yep. So well done, Carol. That $75 gift voucher will find its way to you this week. Have fun. Let us know what you do with it. We like to live through our listeners and their shopping experiences. Okay, you two, carry on. We've got right. to get on this weekend, haven't we? We have, right? Let, let's give everyone 
uh, time to get a p- piece of paper and a pen yeah. and write down what's on where because we've got a full shebang. So I'll kick it off with today the annual Epiphytic Cacti and Hoya Society show is on from 12 o'clock to 2.30. It is at the Bassendang Community Centre, which is 50 Old Perth Road in Bassendine. There is undercover parking. If you go around the back, mm-hmm. um, you can get undercover parking there. Doors open to the public at 12. Please enter at the rear entrance yep. of the hall. Um, and, yes, what will they have? Hoyas, Ripsalis, I might, I might wander in. Oh, that I will very be very well may find myself there. Mm. So they will have a lot on display as well and yeah, Love lots looking. of oohs and ahs. So, also, the Cactus and Succulent State Championship and show is on today and tomorrow. So, 9 to 4 today, South Perth Community Centre, corner of South Terrace and Sandgate Street, and Sunday, 9 o'clock to 2 o'clock. A huge number of plants on display and for sale. They, of course, are also having their show. Uh, the kitchen is open for tea, coffee, snacks and sandwiches. FPOS is available and a plant crash is in operation as well. There's also the Wildflower Society plant sale. Now that's on today. That is at Lansdale Farm, corner of Evandale and Lansdale Roads in Darch. Darch, yeah. You've been uh, there, haven't you? Yes, mm. yes, I love that one. So that's on so, today. So many native plants, $4.40 per tube or per per pot, $3.30 if you're a member. Mm. So plants that you won't get elsewhere. And, um, yeah, that's a good one to go to. Uh, Denise's plants, her Unusual perennials and cottage garden plants are on sale again today, 8 o'clock to 4 o'clock, 15 Turner Road in Carmel. Yeah, wonderful. And there's also another plant sale. This is for the Mukti Mission in India. So that's where the funds go to for this sale. And it's located at the Heritage Church, which is on Champion Drive in Calmscott. Starts at 8 a.m. So it's already on Heritage Church, Champion Drive, Calmscott. Started at 8 a.m. this morning. Funds for the Mukti Mission in India. And I do believe our listeners do support that and uh, they get a good result each year uh, for their cause. Uh, Thanks to a lot of our listeners. So if you can get along to that, go for it. And just a heads up, next weekend, the Combined Palm and Psychiatric Society and Fern Society are having their show next weekend. And also Straw Farm has an open garden next weekend, 10 o'clock to 4 o'clock, Peachy Road, Swan View. And that is just Worth an amazing seeing. garden. Low water use, uh, some of it recycled water. It's elevated. It's pretty. It's uh, manicured. Mm. Um, and there's so much there. Like it's a dry climate garden. It's very interesting. Well, there's enough there to empty your bank account. Let's put it that way. From <laughs> there what is you've for just, sure. Uh, I was thinking now, and I'm thinking I have to get to the ATM <laughs> on mm. the way home because a lot of these um, little societies are cash only as well. They are. 
Yeah, and you find all the little plants you can't find anywhere. This else. is this is what I like. This is mm. what I like. You know, you the don't unusual. have to spend a lot of money. I am teasing when I say these things. Mm. Uh, but you find things that you're not going to find in your normal exactly mainstream places. So that's what we enjoy. So and just what going are, along to have a good look. What are you in the market for, Ray? Everything. <laughs> <laughs> if what it's about, green and not yeah. dead. <laughs> what about you, Daryl? Oh, I'm having a bit of a break at the moment. I'm still potting up. Um, I'm, I'm actually propagating. I've got a lot of um, Camadoria seed from my little palms. Yeah. Um, I'm just um, potting them up, um, some seedlings and some putting some more seed in. Uh, so I'm collecting the seed out of the garden. Um, I've got a pretty good lot of Ripsalis at the moment, so having a little bit of a, a weight there. But just Ooh. yeah, just reorganising the garden a little bit. Bought some big pots the other day, and very heavy big pots. Mm. It's, it's difficult finding good pots these it days. It is. It is, yeah, yeah, and you so certainly have to pay good money yeah, for them too. These not, cheap. They are not cheap. They're not no. cheap, yeah. So, um, yeah, be potting up a, a nice big cycad into one of them. Mm. So, um, yeah. It uh, is a bit of an issue, isn't it, as time goes on, when plants grow bigger. Do you put them in the garden or, yeah. well, you probably haven't got room in your garden right. to put bigger so it's plants. It's out of the garden to so, go into a pot. Yeah. 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 Well, they're... Some of them are rare. You can't get them now, can no. you? No, I look around and if people come and they say, oh, where did you get that from? I say, well, that person's actually died that used to bring them in. And, you, you, mm. they, and or they, you know, it's too difficult. Um, quarantine's a lot tougher and more expensive now. Mm. So getting mm. new seed in and things like that, especially African cycads. And there's CITES things as well. So you can't move certain species unless they've got certificates. So also, I mean, this is um, one reason why many of the older gardens, are, and not that old, but we need to maintain and look after some of these gardens because yeah. this is a way to, you know, keep things going, propagating from seed, mm -hmm. those mature plants. 20 years ago when I joined the Palm and Cycad Society, there was a whole range of things you could buy. They're not available now. Yeah. So, yeah. you know, I sort of acknowledge that some of the specimens I've got are, are now rare. Yeah. And so yeah. I realise how important it is to maintain those, those plants and keep them well watered and look And it's very after. hard here in WA importing plants. Yeah, that's it? right. And f mm. for, for um, good reason. We yeah. don't want to bring pests and diseases Correct. in from elsewhere. Um, but you're talking about the change in climate. I was listening as coming in. So... I've got this rather large spindle palm, which you may remember down mm. my backyard, and um, everybody said, oh, they're, they're great, but yeah, you'll never get any fl flowers, won't set seed. Well, last year, they set seed, and so, because it's quite tall now for a spindle, it's probably, the actual um, fruit um, bunch was about probably three metres above the ground, so you're not going to get any, yeah, it's, it's up there, it's not mm. it's chilled. Anyway, seed set and the seed was viable. I've got seedlings now, so um, mm. yeah, I'm going to take some to the Palm Psychic Society next week and hand the, the, the seedlings I'm not um, potting on up. Mm -hmm. And I noticed there's a, another flower that's just open, so it's, a, it's the right time of the year for it to actually, if it sets the seed, it'll carry through and in the winter won't sort of take the seed out. So hopefully I'll get some more. So, yeah. You, you don't see them anywhere now. No. Um, so, yeah, and they're a beautiful palm. They don't get... You have a responsibility, Daryl. Yeah, that's yeah. right. Yeah, so yeah. I'll, I'll be sharing that, that seed around. So people said to me, oh, you know, why, what do you charge for your seedlings? And I said, well, I actually just never have sold a seedling. I just mm. give them away or swap them. 
um, just to try and keep them in circulation. Yeah, it's time for the nine o'clock news. We'll be back in a shortly. Mostly sunny today, maximum of 37 is forecast. Right now, 27.9 degrees in the city with a humidity of 27%. Now, overnight, we can expect a minimum of 18 and a maximum tomorrow of 28, so almost a 10 degree drop. It will be mostly sunny and looking ahead to Monday, partly cloudy with a maximum of 26. And of course, as you already know, there's no rain to report. Can't do our rain update. <laughs> no. John said to me when I got here, I'd give you a rain chart, but there's nothing to report. So is that now. like from all of October? Yeah. Yeah. October or and November. November. It'll be November now. Yeah. So we didn't, I don't think we got mm. anything much in October either. Now I have a important community announcement for Duh. Chris from Girraween. She rang and spoke to Bev and she was told that the, the doors at the Epiphytic Cacti and Hoya Society are open to the public from one thirty. Chris, it is actually open from 12. Okay, it's open from 12 today. 12 to 2.30. So it's only a short window to get there, guys. And It'll uh, be so well worth it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, one of our favourites. And you know what's fantastic about this this lot of plants is they don't need a lot of water. So yeah. you've got this permission to go and buy more pots, baskets there. You yeah. know, they cover... Ripsalis and Hoyas, the Schlumbergias, mm. um, flowering cactus, yeah. epiphyllums. And they're all f- starting to flower at the moment, oh, so know. their timing is perfect. perfect. They're, they're going to have people fighting over them. They're just amazing. All right, and from last weekend, there was an email from Sandra, and she sent in a photo of a Kalankoe. It is actually Kalankoe panata or cathedral bells. So her photo is of a very tall plant, well, very tall flower spike with large pendulous cream-flowered bells with a tinge of pink. And they're just beautiful. And she grew that as a cutting from a friend. Very pretty. So um, it looks like it's got burnt in the sun. But, you know, these plants propagate easily from even just a leaf they get little babies around the the edges of the leaf, so great time for propagating cactus and succulents. Win win, absolutely. Now Maggie of Mandra phoned in, and she wanted to know the real name for the Medusa plant. Yes, it is actually a Euphorbia, and it is Euphorbia caput slash Medusa. Medusa caput slash Medusa, and yeah, I. I've always called it Medusa's head. Yeah. Yes. So it just yeah. looks yeah. like exactly. the, snake the snakes yeah. coming out yeah. from the centre point. And, yeah. and it's and quite soft to touch. Yeah, yeah. and yeah, they're quite soft to touch, but um, they don't like wet feet because mm. we lost ours. <laughs> yeah, we've, but we, it's funny, when it started to collapse, the actual, you know, the sort of cortex type thing, my wife trimmed some of the... Um, the actual Medusa's head parts off and planted them, and they're starting to come. So yeah. we've got we've got daughter of Medusa's saved, head happening at the moment. Yeah, yeah. and if some. you do touch it, be very mindful yes. because they do produce the white milky sap, yep. which if you get it in your eyes is very bad. Yeah, so any Being plant that has that white sap, be, be very out. careful with. Yes, indeed. Okay, nine four eight four one nine two seven. You want to crack on with a few emails, Faye? Oh, yes, Ray. Oh, well, I'll try sorry, I have to crack the whip. Yes, 
Now, last weekend we got phone calls about bottle brushes dying across yeah, Perth. Yeah. And I did do a bit of research and came across articles from a few years ago where it it appears that it is one particular variety, the King's Park Special, which does not adapt well to to hotter, drier conditions. And, you know, I suspect that with watering across Perth being slashed from three days a week down to two or two days a week, people may not be giving attention to these established trees. And their water needs. Yeah. Mm. So Daryl and I had a bit of a chat about this the other day. Mm -hmm. And water, of course, is very important for them, but also getting the water into the soil so the use of wetting agents can actually help. And Daryl, um, just going to give us a bit of history about wetting agents and which might oh, be the okay. best Okay, so we'll ones go to the wetting use. agents. Okay, I was also going to mention um, about the Kings Park. My parents' place, they haven't, theirs are fantastic and they've had fantastic blossoms this year. There were, because of the deaths, people were thinking that was a disease. And mm. I actually got samples about four years ago and sent them, and we had them tested. There was no pathogen detected, so um, so that doesn't mean there's not a pathogen killing them, but that might be a secondary thing. So that's good. But wetting agents, yes, wetting agents go back so a long history. How to cut that short? So when I first, you know, I'm on the coastal sands. Um, I'm in, incorporating clay now uh, just mm. slowly incorporating not too much but just a bit and just keep adding uh, so get over my uh, wetting issue so w- wetting issues are basically the plant waxes um, form around the soil particles the silicates and and that makes the non-wetting so you need to break them down there was a lot of work done many years ago in our department or the, the department of agriculture um, because there's a lot of non-wetting soils for farmers and uh, detergent based um, solution was found uh, and then that seemed to migrate from the broad acre areas um, to the home garden areas and you could buy um, quite expensive detergents but they worked for many many months and then about five or six years ago I noticed that uh, I was trying to get detergent and I could only get it from one place and then they stopped selling it and then these new wedding agents had, they were actually glycol based and granular? You can get granular and, and a liquid one. Yeah, and there's many brands, and they all, there doesn't seem to be any detergent based ones around there now. And I'm not sure if it's the cost or there's some other reason, but I just can't find them. And so these new glycol ones, and you read even on the instructions, they say, you know, may only last four to six weeks or mm. that. And some instances, um, only two weeks I've found. Now, my front verge slopes, and if I don't use a wetter Mm. and I water it, it all ends up down the street. Mm. It just sheets off. So I actually go through and just use one of those hand applicators. Um, And I've tried the granules, but they take a little bit longer to have, like the instant impact. Mm. You can't just put the sprinklers on and water them in. You've got to kind of stand there and, you you know, really squirt. Yes. Really work them. Yeah. Yes, but with with the liquid, I can yeah. If I if I put that on sort of you know on the watering day, at say start putting that on the you know connect to the hose and put it on at five, mm. and then by the time I've finished, um, you know the the, the two liter tank or whatever mm. I've used, I squirt it in the garden as well, 
and then the the, the retic comes on and it goes Pushes straight it in, in mm-hmm. but it doesn't last. No, and so no, no, it's not a reapply. Yeah, yeah. yeah so mm. yeah, and and I won't do it during winter or anything. I'll do it, you know, the summer period now because you know the what the 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 problem is if the if the water doesn't soak in straight away, the evaporation rate in summer is so high. high. You can, mm. you know, it can be up to an inch a day or, tw- you know, 25 mil evaporation in these hot days. So if you're putting the water on, it's sitting on the surface or running off, your plants... Well, uh, with this the, sort of, yeah. the wind struggle we're getting oh, right now. totally drying as well. Mm. Yeah, the easterly, yeah. So, I don't know how we manage to garden <laughs> with all these challenges. Well, put it this way. Um, mm. uh, yeah, it's, well, the more coastal you get, the harder it is. Mm. Um, but... The trick is, you know, microclimate and soil improvement. Uh, and once you get once you get uh, an understory, then mm. yeah, you're protected. It cuts down the wind, cuts down the evaporation. Yeah. So everything happens. So it's about getting any garden. It's about getting the the overstory up first, and then start populating the understory. So you need some fast growing things to get actually some shade cover up. Yeah, you need the trees. And then they'll cut down the evaporation. So it's mm. it's, it's it's not just one thing. You've got to work at getting this. Sort of like ecosystem. You build this exactly. built ecosystem. So that's my bit on wedding agents. <laughs> yeah, no, thank you very, very, interesting. very much. Mm. Okay, we do have free lines, 94841927. But, uh, yes, yeah, so that's basically because we had a lot of calls last week about bottle brush trees and sounded like almost like dieback. But basically yeah. at the moment you're thinking that, I mean, because not all those trees would be the Kings Park variety, would they? We don't know, Ray. Yeah, King, yeah, the Kings know. Park variety were, was very and popular. Yeah, and it's my parents used to talk about it. So and it mm. went through Bayswater yeah. a lot, didn't it? Yeah. We uh, read that. And, and, and look, Vincent. Yeah. You probably find a lot of the trees are getting older now. And, and yeah, it's like the Agonis, the street trees. I mean, yeah. they're, they're, they're falling over as well. They, they get to a certain age and then they become susceptible you know, if, especially so if the watering is not as good. It's like lemon trees. I mean, when we went to water restrictions, all these people used to ring the department saying, "There's my lemon trees. There's borers and ants mm. killing it." Well, it's not. It's, it's the water that people used to cut back. So, yeah, uh, with you'd have people used to run out of the um, the the, um, the washing machine, the excess tube onto the lemon tree, and then you get the old people did or they'd water lemon tree excessively, and then. They've moved on. The lemon tree is still there. Younger people come in. They just treat the lemon trees the same as everything else in the garden, not knowing it's got surface roots. It needs to be kept cool and lots of lots of water on. And then they say the tree gets stressed. Then the borers get into it. Then the ants mm. fill the holes where the borers have been as nests. So people ring up saying, oh, there's borers and, and there's ants killing my lemon tree. Well, no, the borer is an indication that your lemon tree is under stress. You need to get a soil conditioner, a wetter, and increase the water on that lemon tree. And if it's not too far gone, it'll come good. This gardening caper is not for the faint-hearted, is it? It is not. (laughs) What's the latest update with the polyphagus shot hole borer? Um, Well, I'm a bit out of touch, but it's still... I mean, they've got a a two-year program to actually... um, So at the moment, they're... um, Yeah, uh, they're targeting, um, trying to stop it spreading, obviously. Um, and, And they're working out ways to actually prune the tree rather than having to remove the tree okay. and they're looking for some chemical or other solutions mm. but um, eradication um, they're not actually trying they're just looking at is it feasible to eradicate so they've got two years to show if it's feasible to eradicate 
If not, then we need to go to management and work out how to live with it and the other states. I've seen some, a paper just uh, pre before it got published that says, you know, it's it's quite nasty in the metro area here, but on the East Coast, it would be totally devastating because it's actually the area of the world it comes from, which is northern Vietnam, southern China, that area, it's it's a, it's subtropical. Mm-hmm. And so it's adapted to that area. And of course, you, you, you overlay that climatically with Australia. You're talking north of Sydney, coastal, right up into Queensland. Well, they're tropical. Yeah, climate. and we don't know the impact cause, uh, of it having on native species because we... At the moment, it's only attacking mainly exotics, but we don't know the impact of natives that's never actually run mm. across. So, I mean, you've got enough issues on the East Coast with um, um, myrtle rust and things yeah. like that taking yeah. out a lot of myrtaceae. Yeah. So it's just another species. You don't want to just end up with a grassland. You no. want to have trees. No, and what? trees around the world are under threat from many pests and diseases, climate change, even the... And yeah, land clearing. clearing. Yeah, everything. Mm. Yeah, so, mm. yeah. Okay. Well, that was enlightening. Thank well, you. Well, it's going to be too dismal, <laughs> but, you know, you, No, yeah, yeah. It's, it, it is yeah. what it is. Let's go to Warnborough. Ray, good morning. Good morning, girls and Dale. How are you? Yeah, good, thanks. Very good. Good. Yeah, just, just a little whinge about the watering days. Um, I go to work early in the morning, about four o'clock, and every morning um, the garden, the islands between the roads, and all the flower beds, the sprinklers are on every day. And most of the sprinklers are pointing onto the roads. Yeah. I rang their council, this is about three weeks ago, informing them I thought they had the same watering days as we have. It's not new growth, it's old stuff. Um, and they said, oh, thank you very much, uh, we'll take care of it. Well, nothing's changed. Mm. Yeah. So do they have the same watering days as we do? I believe they do because, um, well, not probably not the same watering days, but... I believe no, no, they have no, the no. same restrictions. See, I do. Yes. Yeah, I think and it's... because I remember that the council were having to adapt what what they do. We can look into it, Ray. Uh, but I'd also, I also wonder where, what water they're using. Yeah, it could be bore water too. So they well, well water. Uh, yeah, yeah it's, But it's, if it's, they're it's doing it every yeah, day, yeah, it shouldn't be every day. Every they get an extra day with bores, don't you? Or they were trying no. to just change that. No, Daryl, no. they yeah, took yeah. it. Off, off people, right? Okay, but, but I thought so, council still had three days. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But um, well, this, is, this is I don't know if it's going on the weekend, but yeah. Monday to Friday it's, it's on every, every, every day. morning. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Yes. the council's got other issues. I mean, they've got. You notice the parks and that don't quite look as good as they were no, pre-COVID. So we've got you know a lot of people. The councils are trying to get workers. The council's under uh, constraint through um, uh, where they spend their money. Mm. So yeah, and they don't want to put up rates anymore. You know, mm. there's sort of thing. So I feel for some of the councils; they're really under the pump to try mm. and make ends meet and and do everything that do you know, everything the, right. The, right. So mm. yeah, they probably the maintenance man that used to go and do all the sprinklers. He probably doesn't exist anymore in some councils. So, mm. but they would be automatic they in this be. day and age, wouldn't yeah. they? It's yes. only a, yeah. a yeah. Yeah. Case well, not control for there's not a central controller sitting in council. They'll have yeah, yeah there'll be somebody who'll have to still go and monitor if there's a power blackout that may reset differently. Mm. Yeah, who knows? Yeah. Oh that's I'll be able to say I, I informed them about three weeks ago and they said, Yes, thank you very much. We'll yeah, we'll, we'll take happened. care of that. Yeah. Uh, and I asked them what their watering you know, how many watering days is oh, I'm not sure. Mm. Said, oh, it's probably it's, it's yeah. new plantings and I said no, it's no. not new plantings. I know yeah. if you've got a new grass or new things, you can have it going, but 
Uh, and water's just running down the road, right? Yeah, so it might yeah, be said on the new painting and it's never been changed. That aren't pointing where they need to be. Mm. Yeah. But anyway, keep yeah, the council's uh, a, a working thing. You just have to keep complaining on their complaint line. I found out that my local council, the actual email didn't work, That the complaint email, because I was putting stuff in. Because I, I had a street tree that a truck had hit and cracked a limb and I was worried it was going to fall. And I, I lodged the, uh, the complaint line. I never heard anything. Then I looked up the admin email and I sent it to the admin person and they said, thank you, we'll send it. They actually came back to us and said, we'll send it on. Mm. And then three months later... The cracked limb was still there and, and, and hanging. So it wasn't until the street tree guys came around to trim the street trees. I said, hey, there's this cracked limb up there. And the guy goes, oh, thanks for putting that out. Uh, we'll take it off. So that's the only way it got fixed. Well, I'd like to give a shout out to my council, Coburn, because we had a, a trouble with one of our street trees and they came out and they tidied them all up for me and offered me more plantings. Oh, good. Mm. Okay, we do have to take a break. Ray, thank you for your call. All right. And no uh, thank you so much. And when we return, we're chatting with uh, Gillian, Gillian and Lynette. Okay, All back. right, I'll get back onto my Rock and MCI council. Thanks for your call, you, Ray. You have to be okay. persistent. That's mm. the trick. <laughs> I am, don't worry. Okay, <laughs> bye. bye for now. Okay, back shortly. Curtain Radio. Special guest in the studio with us this morning, Dr. Bugalugs, as some call him, we have Daryl Hardy here with us. He is now retired. He is a former senior entomologist from Deepherd, but an absolute joy to have you with us and an absolute full book of knowledge. And Thank you. Uh, we hope we can still keep you coming in. Access you. Access yeah. you. You're not going to let you retire too much. Yeah, yeah. Just <laughs> won't go there. There's, uh, and, and I see you've got a psyched one for me today too. You, we have, but yeah. we've got a couple of callers okay, who've been we'll waiting. We'll do that later. Then. Well, I know. Now, there is a bushfire. Watch and act for Jarradale in the Shire of Serpentine. A bushfire watch and act is in place for people travelling or hiking along or near Albany Highway and Miller's Log Road. There is a possible threat to lives and homes as a fire is approaching in the area and conditions are changing. The fire started near the intersection of Albany Highway and Miller's Log Road. Okay, so... It's, uh, it's quite a serious one out there. I've been hearing those uh, reports earlier this morning when I was driving in as well. Okay, let me see. Who's next? We're going to speak to Gillian. Good morning. Gillian or Gillian? How do I pronounce your name? Gillian. Gillian. Okay, you wanted to talk about some bulbs, please. Yes, yes. Now, I've got um, John Claus, which I put in about six years ago, and um, they're wonderful and they've, um, you know, increased, increased. And I sure do. In there. Yep, it's fantastic. But I want to, um, that there's so many of them, they're sort of pushing one another out. Yeah. Um, and I've got other places in the garden. Now, keep in mind it's a farm um, and I've naturalised them. Um, I've got other places I want to move them to. So what do I do? Do I leave them there in the ground till winter? Um Tell me when when should I move them and how I should do it, please. Well, it's probably easier if you do it now, Gillian, because you you know where they are. But let them die down first, and and when right. they have died down, you can lift and you can plant them in their new location straight away, or even just hang on to them, keep them in a cool place until right. uh, around March. Okay, all right, I might do that. Thank you very, very much. That's really helpful. You're welcome. Good luck. 
Okay. Thank you. Bye-bye. And okay. Nolene from Jane Brook phoned in to say that she's noticed that the parklands around her way are being watered every day in her area. So, yeah, different different rules. Just, I, I think, what you explained earlier, it's just, the, yeah. you know, it's problematic. Exactly. I council mean, to council as well. Yep. Yeah. Council's under 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 pressure. Under pressure. Yeah. Okay. We're in Maidavale chatting about strawberry seeds. Lynette, hi. Hello all. Um, yeah, I, someone rang a few weeks back or about a month ago. Um, a, he, he plants strawberry seeds. Well, I googled it, and and you've got to actually buy the plant. So I was just wondering if you're listening, maybe he could ring up and tell us your secret. Oh. Don't In- recall that. Interesting. Mm. No, I don't either. Um, maybe John can do some research and find some strawberry seeds. Well, the seeds, the fruit, yeah, they're they're they're, they're external on the seedlings. Yeah. So yeah, because I've been sort of peeling the um the, the skin off off the off the strawberries and planting it, but oh, it hasn't come up. I think you're going to have to be rather than just doing that, you'd have to actually dry them out, put them on filter paper. With distilled water, germinate them. They need a lot, lot of propagation. You won't be able to just plant them. They're, they're very delicate. So yeah, going. Oh right, okay. Going right, to probably. get get the runners is the way to go. But yeah, now this, okay, then. this reminds me of strawberries that I've seen where mm. the seeds are actually growing and producing leaves That's on right, the outside. That, yeah, they will if you leave them there. Yeah. So yeah, it's just a fruit. Yes, yeah. it's just a fruit. So it has seeds. Um, right. Um, yeah, and if it's in the right conditions, they yeah they'll use the actual fruit as nutrients for mm. the actual seedling, and then but you're teasing that off, and then you know, starting it's just like you know teasing when or you just th- put it onto some some seed raising yeah seed mix raising and mix yeah so you, you planting them straight in the gardens probably not mm, going to work neither prob- you've got to go yep. through yeah it's just it's just a propagation method. I don't know if strawberries grow true to form either. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Well, t- thank you anyway. So yeah. I'll, I'll, well, I'll have a little go. Have a, have a go. Yeah, yeah. You might start. Yeah, having fun. Yeah. Yeah. Good luck, okay. Lynette. Yeah. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Let us know. Yeah. Cheers. Bye-bye. Okay. Now we're heading to Maidavale talking about terracotta pots. Interesting. Pamela. Good morning. Good morning, ladies and Daryl. Um, I've got two. Um, I've got two terracotta pots that I've inadvertently put inside each other. They've been there in my shed for a couple of years now. I wanted them out and start using them again. They are jammed solid. (laughs) Any hints? (laughs) Um, I'll I'll go a couple. Um, Yeah, one is compressed air. See if you can squirt down around it. Um, The other one is a rubber mallet with gentle tapping. Mm. Uh, I have tried the mallet. I've got mm. them upside down at the moment. The largest one on some bricks. The other thing is try getting a hose and squirting a bit of water just to sort of move move them. But, yeah, you've got to be very careful because you will crack them, that's for sure. They're quite porous, aren't they? Yeah. Mm. Um, and And the water might actually act as a bit of a lubricant. Look, I think that's the thing that... You Google it and you'll come up with a multitude um, of ways to do it. I wonder if soaking them in a trough and then trying the mallet. Yep. Yep. Um, that, yeah, or And, and when you want it. to lift now. Yeah, you oh, want okay. a bit of um, uh, detergent, surfactant, so it's, they get a bit slippery. Slippery. How, how big yeah. are they, Pamela? They're 50 centimetres across. Oh, yeah. right. Have you got That'd a swimming one. pool? So <laughs> <laughs> Send them for a swim, then you've got to get them out. Well, yeah. just, yeah. you know, if there's any dirt there that's 
yeah. um, binds. Yeah. You know, holding cement together. It's cement. Yeah, yeah. yeah. All right, thank you. I shall try all things, no bit, magical solutions. Bit of a yeah, doozy, yeah. Pamela. But mm. as Daryl suggested, if you Google, are you internet savvy? Yes. Okay. I mean, yes. John, John, you can have a look for yeah, us John, too. I'm sure John's onto it already. <laughs> so stay tuned. Pots. Yeah. All right. Thanks, Pamela. All right. Thank you very much. Bye. We get and asked all sorts of things. Yeah, here, engineering don't we? questions now. And uh, triangle palms. This would be one for you, yeah. Jacob. Good morning. Morning. How are you? We're great. Thank yeah. you. Triangle palm. Yes, was very fashionable in the eighties and nineties. Dipses. Um, what is it? Dipses. Dakari. Uh, That's it. Dipses Dakari. Yeah. So, you, what's your yeah. question, sir? Um, the new palms uh, or the new growth. Uh, comes out uh, as it's growing fine and then just turns around and dies off. Um, now I've got about three of them within about 10 metres um, and they've been growing fine until I planted gelatin wax in between them. Right. Is I, that possibly the problem? No, I don't think so. Look, um, I used to have some very big triangle palms and they all died. The centres rotted out. So, um, and I've had the same problem with spindles occasionally, but my triangles, I couldn't believe. I've, there's still a lot around. They're quite mature with big trunks now. Um, what I found, I'm not sure it was the cause, but if you go get the rubber mallet out again and just go, and the triangle part, just give it a good bang. Not hard, but a bit of a bang. And if ants come pouring out of it, I suspect you've got some sort of rot or something in the crown. Um, okay. Now, there's, I'm not sure if it's the ants causing it or they're a symptom so the only thing I can think of that would maybe work um, would be get um, so if it's an insect based thing that's killing this or attacking the center and you're getting the, the so the fronds growing and then turning brown or they come out brown and distorted um, yeah well I've got one of the two actually isn't as bad as the other two and that's got a green one yeah. Uh, a fairly, fairly new green one, but uh, I don't think it. I think it's going to do the same and just turn brown. The other two, I'm pretty sure I've never seen a new green frond for probably the last couple of years. Right. Okay. So, so my my fix is um, at the moment not sure what is. Get a mixture of a fungicide and an insecticide, and pour down with a wetter and pour down into the crown. And if there's if there's a rot in there, that's that might take it out. There's insects causing it. There might be an infestation of mealybug in there, and that's why the ants are there. But this is yeah. on all three, so I wonder if it's environmental and perhaps a nutrient deficiency. Yeah, well, it could be too. But what are you feeding them? The tough ass. They're tough mm. as that. So Can you send us a photo, Jacob? Yeah. Yeah. I had um, the five big ones, and they were front and backyard. They grew really well, and then over a period of about three or four years, each they all died. Yeah. Right. Shame. Yeah. All right. Would you like a photograph? If, yeah, if we can. Photo, yeah. yeah. Are you able to send that in to us, Jacob? Yeah. Yeah, sure, no problem. Yeah, and I'll ask the people at um, some of my colleagues at Palmer Psychad next weekend with it. Or if you want to come to the Palmer Psychad Society's um, display next weekend, bring your photo. And there's yeah. George Savastis and the team. They're mm. very knowledgeable about palms. But, but if you can send us through a photo, Jacob, 
Yeah. We and yeah. if we get an answer, we can share it with everyone. Exactly. All right. It yeah. could be happening to someone else. Yeah. I'll put you back to Bev, um, Jacob, so she can um, share with you our email address. No problem. Okay. Thank you for Thanks, Jacob. Yeah, I never got on top of what was causing the death mm. of mine. They just mm. turned up their toes. Unbelievable. All right, let's go to Hamilton Hill. Stan, hello. Oh, good morning. How are you? Great. Very good, thanks, Stan. How yeah. can we help you? Yeah, um, <clears throat> I've got a um, problem with azaleas and gardenias. Um, I, I bought them. Um, they've seen, like, the winter through, last autumn and winter through, and, and okay. Um, now they're just dying. All the leaves are dropping off them. Um, they look really sick. I have had one die, actually, about broke it off right down near the base of the plant and it was brown, you know, no green in it at all. I put, planted them in a um, shell under the end of our pergola. Uh, do get some sun in the morning, but not in the afternoon. The, the, the bad heat sun, you know. Um, full. Um, and I put them in the appropriate um, that I bought for the, um, you know, uh, gardeners and what have you. Um, yeah, and they, they're just dying on me. All the leaves are dropping off. When I bought them, by the way, they're like, oh, I know. Um, they're just dying on it. I watered them, but I wondered, have I watered them too much? So I've left them now because I put my finger down in the, in the ground and it's damp. Yeah. So I don't know which way to go. So if their leaves are dropping off, um, and when were they planted and what were they planted into, please, Dan? Well, as I said, I bought some bags of the proper uh, gardenia uh, potting compost as alias stuff as well. Um, but um, they were planted probably six months ago. Okay, so they've come... Yeah, was this happening through winter? No, no, it's only over the last couple of weeks. Okay. Mm. And how much... Well, you say it's damp now, so... Maybe, maybe they have been getting too much water. Were the leaves yellowing and dropping off? No, they're dropping off, drop, dropping off when they're still green. There's one azalea next to the one that's dying, um, bought at the same time, different variety. That's still flourishing. It's got flowers on them, beautifully okay. dark green. Stan, I think to get to the bottom of it, I need you to dig up one and have a look yeah. what it what it's like. Uh, whether it was it's put its roots out into the surrounding soil, if it's too wet or too dry, I'm sure that when you dig up one of those plants, you'll, you'll probably be able to to and get they the sure answer. Don't like wet feet. No, uh, mm. and over fertilising, he hasn't over fertilised, has he? Can I ask you as well? Um, um, they're sitting in what um, I did an ornamental wall around, like an arc shape, you know. So they're under the pergola. Um, can you can I uh, can I ask you? Would a cat peeing on around that area would that affect anything? Would it kill them? I wouldn't think cat? so. Not not it. It sounds like this is quite widespread with a lot of the plants uh, that you've planted. Like how many plants are we talking about? Um, I've got uh, a couple of azaleas <coughs> and and a couple of gardenias. Um, I also bought a magnolia tree, which was going famous when I bought from Bonnie's about three foot high. That's in a different area. 
but they're the same sort of family, aren't they? Um, the uh, magnolias, and uh, that's dead. That's I've pulled that out. That's gone. Uh, something's wrong. Yeah. So what are you? What? How are you fertilising, Stan? I just use blood and bone. And are you? So when you use blood and bone, you're supposed to water, then apply, and then add the blood and bone and water it in very well. It can burn the roots, and these plants are shallow rooted. So I wonder if you've burnt the roots. Right, right. Yeah, it's disappointing. Apart from shelling out quite a bit of money, you know, it's mm. uh, you get them. Well, if so, they if they drop their leaves, they may still come back. Um, right. So cut the plants back. Give them a good watering. Um, Just maybe scrape away the surface just in case there's any residual blood and bone there and then say a little prayer. And you might find that you get some regrowth quite Ah. soon. Mm. All right. I think Ray's on it with the what did you use. Blood and bone can do that if you're a bit heavy-handed. Yeah, I think think it sounds like it's... Because magnolia shouldn't just turn its toes up. Because they are a gross feeder and they're tough and they like a bit of water, Mm. they like food, but something's something's happened there, Stan. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. Okay. All right, Squire, take care. Thank you. Bye. All right, now we do have to have a short break. On the other side, we're chatting with Ellen, who has a solution for the terracotta pot dilemma. And we're chatting about strawberry seeds with Maggie. Okay. And there's about 18 minutes left of Let's Talk Gardening. Get your calls in now before 10 a.m. Special guest in the studio with us, Dr. Daryl Hardy, um, our our favourite entomologist. All right, now we're going straight back to the lines. Uh, We're in Mandra talking about strawberry seeds. Maggie. Hello, ladies and uh, Daryl. I have to disagree with what he said about the seeds. I have smoothies, or I do it with my kefir. I cut the green bit off and a bit of the white. I throw it in my garden in between all my vegetables, and I ended up with that many strawberries. I had to get neighbours to come with a bucket and dig them all out because I had so many, and they were the healthiest-looking strawberries I've ever had. That's, oh, that's my amazing. goodness. So is it is it um, highly composted? Has it got a lot of... Um... Oh, I've got a beautiful garden, yes. I've got a beautiful soil. Oh, yeah. right. So so it's like a, it's like a growing media you're, you're, you're tossing them onto. Well, I, I, I don't toss it on. I dig them in. I oh, yeah. dig them in. Okay. So just I basically whole strawberries, Maggie. Not the whole strawberries. No, no, she, she blends them up. Making, if you're making a smoothie, you have to cut the green bit off. Yeah, yeah. And usually when you buy them in coals, they've got a bit of white on them. So I hack that off down into a bit of red and poke, just throw it in my compost dish in the kitchen. And then I dig it all into the garden and I have so many strawberries. They're up in five minutes and the, the leaves are huge. The strawberries are big. And I've had people coming with my neighbours to fill up buckets full of plants to get rid of them because I overtook my garden. That's amazing. That's extraordinary. Yeah. Yeah, so, so you I must, like I said, you must that. have really good soil, nice, rich, and, and really, it holds the really, water. Really, black and lovely. All right. Great yeah. story, Maggie. Thank you for calling in. We appreciate it very yeah. much. Ciao. All right. Thanks very much. You Bye. take care. Thank Bye. you. Cheers. Thank you. Bye-bye. Love now let's go to Bertram. Ellen, good morning. Good morning, ladies and guests and everyone else out there. Love your show. Um 
Saturday mornings is coffee club time, so unfortunately uh, I'm waiting here to talk to you. Oh. I think I have a solution to your terracotta pots. Oh, go for it, Alan. Yeah. Well, unfortunately the ladies turned them upside down. It's still got the weight of the top one on top of it. So that's not going to uh, help any. Uh, if there's any way that she can chock and hold the uh, upside down, the, the top one, so that the bottom one is free, yep. uh, then there might be a solution there. Mm-hmm. The second one, I like the idea of um, the compressed air because upside down you can get in through the uh, drain holes and blow some air down through that way. Mm. But how about supporting the top one, letting the bottom one just uh, rest, pouring some warm water to start with and then increasing the temperature to boiling water all around the outside of the top pot. It would then make it expand and possibly drop the bottom pot out. Mm. Push it off, push it off, kick it off. Mm. Yep. Um, be careful with the boiling water, of course. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's what I say. That's yeah. what I say. Start off with warm. Start off with warm water first, because yeah. there's, uh, if you use straight boiling water, uh, you would possibly uh, crack the crack pot. Crack it. I yep. think so. so. Yep. Mm. Yep. Yeah. Yep. So you've got to start off slowly. Uh, maybe two or three uh, kettlefuls, whatever. Um, mm. First one, uh, just warm, and then a bit hot, and then full boiling. And yeah, it, it, my imagination is that it should expand the top outer pot, but the bottom pot has to be free. Um, put a rug or something underneath yeah. it, or something soft. That if it does suddenly drop out, you're not going to break it. Yeah, and and of course, yeah. let gravity take its course then too. Yes, yes, yeah. that's what I believe. Yeah, mm. yep, yep, I think so. Thank you, Alan. We yeah. appreciate very much. Yeah. Enjoy, pleasure, it, love your show. Enjoy Thank the you. coffee too. Yeah. <laughs> Most definitely. Yes. The world's not safe yet. <laughs> Correct. Take care, Ellen. Thank you. Thank Bye. you very much. Okay. All right. Oh, now he's a thinking man. Yeah. We like that. Now you've got a few emails too. We do. Yes. Big shout out to Sylvia for sending us a gorgeous photo this week of yeah. some native wildlife, a family of tawny frogmouths. We love in those her pictures. Pomegranate yeah. tree. Mm-hmm. Oh, what a what an absolute delight. Look at that, Daryl. I'm Beautiful. just sorry yeah. that I can't share the photos with everyone else. Well it's that's the time of the year for all the babies. We've got a um, family uh, mum and dad and two little um, butcher birds that are using oh. our backyard and yeah. the, they squawk all day wanting more food. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but uh, very nice little birds and Isn't the tawny frogmouth, very, very nice too. Yeah. Well, I hope everyone's been out this week filling up bird baths and putting out water for mm. birds and not using insecticides to kill everything. Mm-hmm. Because no, lots of water. The insects, yeah. of course, are food for the birds. Exactly. Okay. All right, Daryl, would you like to have a look at the Yeah, I'll do email. the cycad one. So we've got um, Cycus revoluta, which is the common um, cycad that most people have. And this person, who is it now? It's Travis has sent in, and he's got a row of cycads, or two. One looks okay, and one is totally bleached and whitey-brown, and, and the flush of leaves looks terrible. So, And then I said, I bet he's near the coast somewhere, and it's Quinn's Rock. So I suspect mm. there's a bit of limestone directly under... Uh, this cycad that's yellow um, what's probably happened is that the soil is around it is alkaline um, 
it's very dependent on manganese uh, cycads a new flush of leaves if they don't get the manganese they become susceptible to sunburn and I think that that's probably what happened the one next door might have flushed at a different time and didn't get the sun so this one here that looks like it's dead it'll, it'll reflush um, you need to actually balance the soil out so it's uh, got a pH between you know, 6.5 and 7 so it's slightly acid um, and then um, feed it year round because they only flush once or twice a year and it's got to store the nutrients. Um, get, once you get the pH right, then the trace elements become available to the plant. So, and you can also put on to the, the one that looks okay and any new flush, you can use um, the chelates as well as a, a liquid um, fertilizer on the actual leaf and that. <clears throat> and I'd even spray it if you cut the leaves off this one just on the cortex and the soil as well. So hopefully that will be a problem. Would you cut all the leaves Yeah, back. those dead leaves, they're, they're useless. They're just not, mm. yeah, it's better just having a cortex there. Um, if there is a big lump of limestone underneath, that may not, what I've said may not solve the problem mm. because it's just too close to it. So it might be, you could dig it up and dig underneath and just see if there's a lump of limestone there, remove the limestone, replant. So that's my Thank thoughts on, to help you, Travis. All right, now we're in Calm Scott. Neville, good morning. Good morning. Uh, I have I have homegrown a pineapple and just picked my first ever. My question is, do you take the stem off and the mother plant as I have more pups coming from the side or do you leave them to feed uh, the pups on the other side, please? Sorry, say, can you repeat that, please? Yeah, right. I've, I've grown a homegrown pineapple right yep. from the top. Right after about four years, we have a pineapple uh, plant, and I've, I've just cut it off. Now, do you remove the mother plant, please, or do you leave that there and just cut the stem back, which held the fruit on? Well, I would cut the stem back, so removing yes. the pineapple and stem. The mother yes. plant will most likely die and produce okay. pups. Okay. Yes. Yep. Yes. And then. Well, will the will the mother plant feed the others at this stage until it dies off, or just can I just cut it off? Uh, I would. Well, it's up to you. I would probably leave it to yeah, ensure okay. that the pups are big enough and well enough yep. established to be separated. Yeah, well, they are now because there's another flower starting to appear on from one of the pups. Mm, my goodness, very prolific. That's fantastic, Neville. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. And and as you know, from the pineapple, you can also regrow that top. Well, I've got that aside. I'm not telling my secrets, but I'll, I still have that one. You, what secret? I still have the top because the other the other pineapples in the fridge. <laughs> All right, so he's he's going to be taken over by pineapples. I know there could oh. be a plantation in Kelmscott before we know yeah, it. Yeah, excellent. Yeah. They've just got to yeah. Persistence, four years. He didn't give up. I like that. Oh. No, then, then then I've tried a second one. Well, I've got a couple of pots there, you see. So now the, I've and used I've... an old an old uh, sand sand uh, filter. Chopped that off and uh, put them in, that, in, a, in a beige colour one of them. Oh, fantastic. Oh, good on you, Neville. Thank you very much. Yep. Okay, then thanks take, for that. Take okay. care, Neville. Yep. Cheers for that. Thank you. Okay, we're having a short break. On the other side, we're going to do our little competition yep. for Bigger Trees $75 gift voucher. Curtain Radio in Perth. All 
All right, now I think we'll give away our $75 gift voucher compliments from Kerry at Bigger Trees. Now, we're moving into frangie season and Bigger Trees have uh, a lot of stock arriving each week. Lots of colourful spring delights for you to see. Some of the frangies are close to or even flowering already and more are being added to Bigger's collection on a weekly basis. And Kerry says the fruit is forming on a lot of the trees looking so inviting so guys for big plants and for those little plants bigger trees have it covered they do deliver across the metro area i do suggest you have a look at their colorful facebook page for updates open to thursday to sunday each week for more details go to biggertrees.com.au now you must be a curtain fm member and not to have won a prize in the last 28 days here's john's question trees which rather weird title character i'm just trying to sorry i'm just having a look at that which rather weird title character played by johnny depp was very good at topiary which rather weird title character played by johnny johnny depp was very good at topiary nine four eight four one nine two seven uh give bev a call now if you know the answer of who that character was played by johnny depp all right, it's Sylvia of <laughs> it's an easy one. <laughs> Sylvia of Westminster said flies are really bad at this time of the year, and they are so bad at the moment. I agree, Sylvia. Uh, she has set fly traps, etc. Any reason for them being so bad at the moment, Daryl? Why are they so? They're sticking on you. Yeah, and, I know. Oh. Look, the blowies are out too. Oh. So yeah, it's just the time. It's just the spring period. Oh. Um, this hot weather will take them out. So it'll be a, a, lot, a lot of things. So there's. There's a lot of flies around, and one of the things I've noticed during COVID, every person seemed to get a puppy dog, and there's lots of dogs around now. So you might happen when you get lots of dogs, you get lots of poop, poop, and that's lots of protein to actually drive, drive, <laughs> drive dog uh, to drive fly population. So okay. yeah, that, mm. uh, that's just one thing. But yeah, it's, uh, they are bad blowies, yeah, and they're the ones. But also the um, the house fly is bad. But the hot weather, uh, mm. and we're getting the easterlies as well. So they actually move into the, um, as everything dries off around the metropolitan area, the flies will move to the, the green areas, which is where we all live on the coastal plain. And there'll be a transient thing. They'll, they'll disappear, unless you're down south, of course, and then you're going to get um, all the all the flies moving there and there'll be all the complaints about getting more dung beetles in because of it's, it's interrupting tourism in Bustleton, Margaret River, and we get that every January. Yeah. So, um, yeah. yeah. Okay. It's, um, it's just a cyclic thing. It's, it's where cyclic. we live. Yep. yep. Okay. Thank you. Now, you've got a couple of things to add. Uh, yes. This was an email that came in from Lynn last week about her finger lime tree. And we've got some more photos. Now, Lynn, what I need you to do here, the top looks like um, the skeleton of a Christmas tree, obviously quite dead. What you need to do is go in and remove back to remove anything that's dead, dying or diseased. Give it a, another cutback. The good news is that there's some good new growth here. So I think that's going to take over. So it looks like it's going in the right direction. I think I can tell that it's in a pot and if things don't improve, maybe it needs repotting, maybe into a, a bigger pot uh, with some fresh mix. Keep the wetting agent up to it. They do want good drainage, but I think it'll be okay once, and it'll look a, a lot tidier when all that diseased um, dying 
wood is cut out. Now she does say that she's applied eco oil and it's helped with the bugs but unfortunately from the pictures we can't tell what the bugs are but it's okay to reapply that. Okay, now we do have a winner, Gay of Kalamunda. Congratulations, Gay, $75 gift voucher from Bigger Trees. On its way to you this week, let us know what you do with it. The question was, which rather weird title character played by Johnny Depp was very good at topiary? Of course, the answer is Edward Scissorhands. I could do with a Edward Scissorhands at my house. And, of course, John's footnote was, uh, you could say that a lot of Johnny Depp's characters are rather weird. <laughs> All of them, I think. And this person has never won before. Yay! Okay, a newbie. We love that. I hope you have fun with your voucher. Let us know what you get up to. All right, you two, I'll let you finish off what you need All right, to do. I'll just do two quick emails. One yep. uh, was referring back to Andrea's advice of getting mature compost and Helen went looking and nobody knew what she was talking about. So basically any compost is going to be mature mm -hmm. and compost is available mm. from anywhere and everywhere yeah, pretty correct. much. So correct. just compost. Go and buy compost yeah. in bags. Yeah. And we have the instructions for growing strawberries from seeds. So it does say put in a seed tray or pots and keep moist at all times. And mm. then when they grow, transplant when large enough to handle spacing of 20 centimetres, eight inches apart. So yes, you can grow them from seed, but like start off as propagating mix, unless you've got a really rich soil like the lady who rang in has. Yeah. And thanks to experiment. everyone who did send in emails today. We've absolutely been flooded. And unfortunately, there's a couple that we haven't been able to get to. So we'll put them through to next week. We'll respond. Okay. Look, thanks, Daryl, so much for coming in this morning. It's thanks been for lovely tolerating me once to again. have you and hear Pleasure. about your new ventures. Yeah, no, good on you. Thank you very much for sharing your wisdom as always. The beautiful Bev Daring and John Glidden and our very own Faye Akaro. Thank you very much, guys. Uh, coming up, Classic 70s, Jim Crine, and then from 12 noon we go country with Ray Finn, which will always be interesting. He does a brilliant job on Born in Boots when he is in the chair for Brendan T. My gardenism for the morning is, and this is compliments of Ruth Mangini. Ruth, I hope you're listening. You sent us an email some months ago, and it was a very interesting email about pH levels in bags of potting mix, the hows and whys, and we do very much appreciate that information. And you also sent through a gardenism, and I'd like to use it this morning. So this is from Ruth Mangini. Why try to explain miracles to children when you can simply have them plant a garden? We love that. Thank you very, very much. Look, everyone, it's a stinker of a day out there. Take care of you, your animals and your garden, and we shall return next Saturday. Look after you and happy gardening. Cheers for now. We hope you've enjoyed listening to another edition of Let's Talk Gardening on Curtain Radio. Happy gardening.